Um, so we've been talking about the table of the Lord and uh, the significance of the table of the Lord. And uh, I want you to prepare yourself for tomorrow because we're going to take communion together tomorrow. So I want to give you guys a heads up now that tomorrow we'll be taking communion together. Um, But I think about the table of the Lord. And I think about um, the significance of tables. Amen. And we know that a table can represent the gathering, the coming together, you know, family. We're about to come into holiday season here soon. So I'm sure many of you are preparing um, your table, getting ready to host, <laughs> amen, getting ready to host your family, getting ready to host your friends. And then I think of the Lord's table and how, you know, we have this beautiful opportunity to sit at the table of the Lord and to partake of the covenant that we have with him, to fellowship with him, to to connect with him on a deeper level, because that's the one thing I love about sitting at a table is because when you sit at a table, you're able to really go deep in conversation. And so that's what we get to do with the Lord. And the Lord began to speak to me about the meal that's being served at the table. Because obviously when the table's set, we know that there's going to be a meal, it's going to be, it's coming. But what about the meal that's being served? What are we eating at the table? You know, some of us haven't had a good meal in a long, long time. Some of us don't finish our food. The table is set, the meal's been prepared for you, but you don't finish your food. Or some, we just go to the table and we just say, I'm not hungry. But I believe the Lord is stirring up our appetite in this season our appetite for more of him, our appetite for the deeper things of God, our appetite for his presence, come on, because only he can satisfy. We've been looking at all the things to satisfy us, but only he can satisfy us. It's him. It's not the thought of Jesus, the idea of Jesus. It's not inspiration or motivation. It's the person of Jesus that satisfies us. And that's who's at the table this morning. He's serving the meal. He's serving the meal. And according to my Bible, Jesus can cook. When he made breakfast for his disciples, Jesus can cook. (laughs) So what meal are you eating? What are you feasting on in this season? Because the Lord has prepared a good meal for you.
In fact, it's even better than Thanksgiving dinner, Christmas dinner. This meal is a daily bread. It's manna from heaven. It's these grapes filled with wine, new wine. Come on. This meal, you won't even be hungry after. It will satisfy you, and it will be plentiful. So come and eat at the table of the Lord. Stop pushing your plate away. Stop getting up from the table too soon. Stop leaving leftovers. Eat the meal that he's serving to you daily. I say this all the time. I like to eat. (laughs) One of the things that I love to do is is feed on the word. I can't be full on what someone else is feeding me. And many of us have been satisfied with just that. Leftovers. Someone else's interpretation. Symbols and metaphors. Props and gimmicks. What kind of meal is that? It's like I could eat good food, but there's nothing like home-cooked food. (laughs) Amen? Does that resonate with anybody? Come on. Like I could eat a meal, but when it's home-fed and home-cooked and and it's made with the hands of the one who prepared with love. There's nothing like that kind of meal. But when did we become satisfied with appetizers and leftovers? When? When did that happen? When did we literally say, that's enough for me? And we wonder why we're thirsty. And we wonder why we're starving. When the Lord has prepared a meal for you, that this meal, you will never be hungry again. You won't thirst. Just like the woman at the well, she said, oh, give me that one. Give me that. Does anybody have a give me that in their spirit? I want that thing. I want the thing that I can cry out and say, you satisfy me. Oh, Lord, completely, you fill my empty. Only you, only you, only the person of Jesus can do that. We're leaning on man to fill us. We're leaning on man to satisfy us. We're literally saying, okay, what's what's the word that the man is going to speak to me today? When you have to sit at the table for yourself, you have to eat of the meal for yourself. You have to say, more, please. More, please. (laughs) I used to say that as a kid. When I would go to my grandma's for 
Thanksgiving or, you know, any family meal. And I would always say, more, please. And my grandma used to say this to me. She'd say, your eyes are bigger than your stomach. (laughs) See, I didn't understand what that meant as a kid. But as a lover of Jesus, I understand. Because I'm just, I just, I'm never satisfied. I want more. I want more. I just want more. And I believe the Lord has invited us to the table to taste and see that there's more. You see, when David invited Mephibosheth to the table, he let him know that not only will you be able to sit at the king's table, but you're going to be able to feast on the king's meal. And if you knew anything about this culture, right, the king ain't well. The king ate well, and there was plenty. The finest food, the finest ingredients, the king didn't eat slop. He ate well. So to be invited to the king's table was an honor and a privilege, and it was also uh, a way to, to, to say, you are part of the kingdom, and as part of this kingdom, you will never lack Come on, you will always eat a plenty, and it'll be mm-mm good. So when Mephibosheth was given that word of you will eat at my table, he was letting him know that you will eat a meal that will satisfy you. And it won't just be a one-time meal. It'll be continually. He said, you will be able to feast at my table continually. And, and, and Mephibosheth's response is so telling of, of what sometimes we feel because he's like, how can I sit at that table? You see, he had been used to eating the crumbs. He'd been eat, used to eating the leftovers. And when you get used to eating that way, when you're invited to the king's table and you're served a good meal, you don't know what to do with yourself because you've never had that before. And so he he almost felt like I'm not deserving of that. I'm just good with the slop. I'm good with the crumbs. I'm good with the leftovers. But the devil is a liar. I want to tell someone this morning, that's not your portion. There's more. There's more. It's like the first time I had a steak. (laughs) I was like, "Mm, this is a good steak. But it wasn't until I had filet mignon that I knew that there was more. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Who wants filet mignon? <laughs> or do you just, you give with just a little sizzler steak? <laughs> Come on. No, no, no offense on sizzler, <laughs> but there's more. <laughs> it's like I was sharing with my brother. I said, I'm good. I want a steak dinner for my, my birthday. And, and he said, oh, you got to go here. Right? Because there's more. And I didn't even know about that place. But there's a place in the Lord, come on, that you don't even know. But if you would sit at the table and eat, he will give you the best cut, the finest wine, the finest fruit. There's more. Come on. Somebody say there's more. There's more. There's more. 
there's more. And that's what Mephibosheth was stepping into. He was stepping into the more of God. He was stepping into the more of the kingdom. You see, there's more in the kingdom of God. If you want to eat of the world's food, you won't be satisfied. You know what's interesting, Daniel? You know how we fast and we do the Daniel fast? I, I, I wanted to understand why did Daniel fast? Because, you know, I want to know what, what was his motivation. And do you know why he fasted? It was because he didn't want to eat the food of Babylon. He refused to eat the food of Babylon. He said, I'm going to grow my own food from from my hand that the Lord has, you know, given me the wisdom to put together, and I'm going to eat of that food that the Lord would yield that crop, and I'll eat of that food. And the people were amazed at how they were still strong, they were still uh, able-bodied. They couldn't believe it because they didn't eat the food of Babylon. They ate the food of the Lord's crop. Amen? Amen? When will you stop eating the food of Babylon? When will you begin to taste and see that the Lord is good? He's good. And the world can't satisfy you. Only the Lord can make a meal that you will never want another meal like that again. You will always want that meal again. You will always want that meal again. Psalm 23, verse 5, tells us that he prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Now, I want you to get a picture of this cup, right, and this table that's being set and the meal that's being prepared. So, you know, this cup is overflowing. So what God, he had me hone in on this cup. And have you ever been in a restaurant where they have, you know, limitless refills, right? And they they begin to pour into your cup. And, and you say, yes, that's fine. Or you may say, no, I'm good. Or I've had enough. Where are you at with the cup? <laughs> are you saying, you know what, fill me up? Or are you saying, no, that's enough, or I don't want any more? That's what God was showing me. He said, where are you with the cup? Let that marinate just for a moment. Where are you with the cup? I want my cup to overflow. So I'm like, yeah, keep filling, Lord. Yeah, come on, keep on coming. Limitless? Yes, let's go. Come on, keep filling it. Come on, yes. I want my cup to overflow. But for some reason, we get in a time where we're like, oh, that's enough. Or I don't want any more. The Lord is stirring up your hunger and your thirst. Stirring up your hunger and your thirst. Joel 26, 2.26 says this, You shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of 
the Lord your God, who has dwelt wondrously with you, and my people shall never be put to shame. You shall eat in plenty. You see, at the Lord's table, there's no lack. As believers that eat at the table of the Lord, why are you afraid of going hungry? Why are you afraid of lack? When you can eat plenty, there is provision at the table of the Lord. If you want to go deeper with that, remember Abraham when he brought his son Isaac up to the mountain to sacrifice him in obedience to what the Lord told him to do? And he laid his son on an altar, which could represent the table. Because at the table, what's being served was sacrificed for you. But remember with Abraham, when he was about to give up his son, his only son, the angel of the Lord stopped and stopped him and, and then he saw a ram in the bush. And he instead took that ram and sacrificed it on the table or of the altar of the Lord. And he said, I will name this place Jehovah Jireh because the Lord provides. Come on. You're at the table of the Lord. He provides. I don't know who needs to hear this this morning, but there's no lack in the Lord. If if you believe the lie that there's lack in the Lord, that's a lie from the pit of hell. There is no lack. And now I'm not talking about your bank account. Because we've equated everything to our bank account. And that's not the only thing that he will provide for you. He will provide peace. Come on. He will provide joy. He will provide love. He will provide grace. He will provide favor. He will provide mercy. He will provide protection. The Lord will provide. You see, that ram was a foreshadowing, if you would, of what Jesus did. He took the place of you and me and sacrificed himself so that we can eat plentiful, that we can eat plentifully. Amen? In Second uh, Corinthians, let me go there. Let me go there. Second Corinthians. I'm sorry, no. Matthew twenty six. Matthew twenty six. Let me go there. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And in verse 26, it says, and as they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed, and broke it, 
and gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them saying, drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remissions of sins. But I say to you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Oh, my gosh. This place, this meal that we eat of, it's him. He's the meal. And that's why we can say only you can satisfy my heart. Only you can satisfy my soul. Jesus. Jesus. It's only you. It's only you. And and there's a moment in that song that I was playing where it says, if I take what the world has offered, I'll have to come again, again and again. But just one drink of the living water, and I'll never thirst again. Never thirst again. Listen, he says that this table he's prepared for you, there's overflow at the table. (laughs) There's overflow at the table of the Lord. And so will you step into the overflow? Will you step into this meal and sit at the table and eat of him and be satisfied? I don't know who needs this encouragement this morning. But if we keep looking to the world to satisfy us, to answer those questions, to make things make sense, we're going to keep coming up empty. We're going to keep coming up empty. We're going to begin to fear. We're going to believe lies. But why not just go to the Lord's table? You know, I see the word of God like that filet mignon. But if you're good with just a little sister steak, that's fine, I guess. But if you know there's more, why not? Taste and see. Your word is food. It even says that in the Bible. You know, there was one of the prophets, he ate the scroll. He ate the scroll. He literally ate the word. We need to eat our word. That's our daily bread. That's our daily manna. And Jesus even said, I'm the bread of heaven. And the last time I checked, bread is good. That's why when I hear no carbs, I'm like, but but he's the bread of heaven. I can eat all the bread I want because he's, he's the bread of heaven. <laughs> Amen. Eat of him. Drink of him. 
You've been invited to the table. Guess what? You have a personal invite from Jesus himself. He's cooked for you. And remember I told you, he can cook. He can cook. And if you know that somebody serving a meal that can cook, oh, you definitely want to eat. Oh, you definitely want to eat. And you want to be like how I was when I was with my grandma's. Eating her good food, I said, I want more. And even though, yes, my eyes were bigger than my stomach, I just wanted more. I wanted to taste and see. I wanted the more. I wanted the more. Anybody else want the more of God? Father, I thank you for this meal you served to us this morning. Only you can pass. Only you can satisfy. Lord, if I've been eating the food of Babylon far too long and I don't know what your food tastes like, Father, I repent of that. I want the flavor of heaven. I want the salt of Jesus. Forgive me, Lord, for just even being in a season where you're filling my cup up, but I say, that's enough, or I'm done. I don't know who this is for, but you've been coming to the Lord, waiting on the Lord, and you haven't seen the promise, and you've been at the end of your rope, and you almost said, I'm done. The Lord's speaking to you well this morning. He says, if you would just eat one more meal with me. If you would just eat one more meal with me. So what does that look like? Getting in his presence. Laying at his feet. Opening your word. Worshipping him. Just one more meal. I believe that you're going to begin to experience the deeper things of God. And I, I just I just break doubt off of you now in Jesus' name. Where doubt has crept in, or even like giving up, or what's the point? It's been a long time, I've waited, I've done everything, but I, I just I can't do this anymore. I wanna pray for you. And I wanna break doubt off of you. I want to denounce every lie that you believed that God is done with you. But he's not done. It's not finished. He's working behind the scenes. And just because you don't see it doesn't mean he's not working. 
Oh, God, so we thank you. And we give you glory, God. We give you praise. Oh, God, you're so good. Hallelujah. 